You're listening to Her Body on Body IOFM, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance, with your host, Alex Navarro. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and today I have actually a client and avid listener, um, user of the Carbonite Solution on today's episode, and she's here to share her story of utilizing the programs as well as share how she's recovered or in the current process of recovery from some disordered eating. Um, Jenny, why don't you introduce yourself? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. And uh, so my name is Jenny Silvenoinen, and I'm, I'm so happy to be sharing my story because I really hope that it can help somebody with disordered eating, perhaps. I, I hope so, too. I think it will. I, I think... Well, first, just it's something that we've talked about in the past on the show, both from a, uh, you know, nutritional side of things, but also behavioral side. And since we talk so much about mindset and the emotional relationship with food that most people have, um, you know, whether it's disordered or not, we all have one. And how, you know, experimenting with different diets can play a role in what that relationship is like, and how important having a healthy relationship with food is in terms of someone's not only success um, on a diet, whether it's this way of eating or another way of eating, but how important it is to find that connection and understand what your personal relationship with food is so that you can be more successful. Um, and then I just want to have a quick disclaimer only because I've, again, it's something we've talked about on the show before, but as uh, you know, a Carbonite coach um, or a body IO coach, we don't generally work with somebody who has disordered current disordered eating patterns, uh, unless it's something that they have previously sought professional help with. Uh, it's just not an area of our, our area of expertise that us coaches um, are comfortable working with. So when Jenny first approached me for a consultation, that is obviously something that we talked about. And she had already been on the ro- road to recovery. So I felt more comfortable with having that conversation with her. So just wanted to put that out there first. And then Jenny, why don't you just share briefly what your when your disordered eating pattern started, um, if you know where they stemmed from, you can share that. Yes. So um, I started having disordered eating around the age of 13. And I basically ate very, very minimal. I was competitive swimmer and like one potato and a little bit of sauce doesn't hold you uh, that long. And uh, what happened is um, my hair would fall and I would lose my period and and after a few years, I really think I started to be really hungry <laughs> and um, started to eat more and it kind of went the whole way around and I just started sort of binging and eating a lot, um, eight hours a day easily and um, by the time I was in high school, it, I 
happened to find a convenient way to help me to not gain weight, though I can continue eating, was uh, purging. But luckily I was confronted by a friend, told me that this is stupid, <laughs> you gotta stop it, and I did. And so, but this kind of emotional eating has been like um, present ever since still. And in my opinion, it started sort of... Um, there were things happening in my life that I felt overwhelming and I think I wanted some kind of control of my life and this was the way to do it um, as a, a small uh, young teenager and and so there on it developed. <laughs> that makes sense. I think you know, not only when we're young, especially when we're young, but as adults as well, when we are dealing with times of stress, it's, you know, trying to find ways of coping with that is challenging. And being young and dealing with things like that, you know, we're just we don't have the tools to be able to cope with things like that. And so I think finding control over something, you know, that affects our life every day is an easy way of going about it. And I've shared a little bit of my own personal ways of dealing with stretch stress which at at that age sort of what you're talking about in my middle school you know early teen years um, my go-to was exercise so I won't mm-hmm. I won't share my story but it's interesting how at young ages we find ways of coping with things and how you know whether it's actually working for us or not if it's even if it's something that's I would say a secret there's something that's mm-hmm. said to be I would say if you have something, a way of coping that you found that's also secret, you know, mm-hmm. it's not something that a lot of people know about, it mm-hmm. also gives you a, a even more sense of control. You know, it's one thing mm-hmm. to like exercise a lot and you have control over that and that makes you feel better, but it's another to have a means of control that's also something only you know about. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Uh, it definitely makes sense and uh, also there's this kind of uh, sense of sort of like achievement or you're striving to something or or you're going to become a better person or higher you know mm-hmm. <laughs> something you know and so for example of course this um, body image is for growing girls is um is uh, a delicate matter and and it be- can become this kind of my own uh, my own secret or my recipe for success or Absolutely. something for me did. Absolutely. At what point did you, so you mentioned how your friend had confronted you, which sounds like an amazing mm-hmm. friend. Um, it's yes. it's very difficult to have conversations like that and it takes a lot of courage. So did you yes. feel like after having that conversation, you became more aware of the the negative side of it? Or did you yes. feel like you already knew that, but you kind of brushed it to the side? Because I, to some extent, it was still working for you. Mm. Well, yes. Um, I, For example, when I had this, I had like one rule. I'm allowed to eat a little bit more today if I have already almost fainted three times. Oh my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. things like this. And none of those were a warning sign for me. I, I kind of thought that that's what everybody does. And that's how you get that slim look on the catwalk and you know and and it's just um uh so when my friend um kind of pointed out and i heard myself saying 
to him, I said, um, you don't want me to be beautiful and perfect. You just want you to be, you know, so that I look bad next to you or something. Mm -hmm. And I just realized this isn't okay. And um, related to your disclaimer, you know, after uh, things like this happened, I went and seeked help and I have been to therapy and I definitely recommend that to everybody. And um, saying the difference for carb night for me especially is like if there's an, let's say, an alcoholic, uh, he or she can live without alcohol, mm -hmm. but you cannot live without food. So you must sort of replace this pattern of behavior with something. Right. And that's what carb night was for me, it was a tool in all of this to sort of replace this <laughs> extreme behavior so and had yeah. you had you used or attempted to use other eating approaches prior to finding carb night as a way of managing yes the eating yes i i have definitely i tried it all and did it all like i would <clears throat> i would scour the internet and videos youtube videos and everybody and, and and magazines with diets and all kinds of th things and um like government uh, advice i would use um, i would spend weeks on calculating on an excel sheet how many micrograms of something some nutritional thing is in a lettuce and just to be like i i was trying i was trying to find sort of the perfect way of eating uh and but at the end of it, all of these restrictions um, always resulted in a binge, always sort of they weren't the answer. And then um, when I found carbonite, I just realized that this is <laughs> this is the thing I've been looking for. And now I can relax and not overthink everything. And I can just follow <laughs> this protocol, so to speak. Yeah. That, yeah. And I did try everything. <laughs> I imagine. Well, especially when, you know, it's one thing when you're trying to find an eating approach that's going to sort of give you that flexibility in mm -hmm. what you eat, but also give you the results that you seek. And that, obviously, when you're still working through any disordered eating patterns, that can be a tricky balance to find because... Mm -hmm. Oftentimes when we open the door to, you know, more flexibility in the food and not feeling as restrictive, mm. if you're not, you know, gaining the results, the aesthetic results that you want, that mm. can be very, I'm sure, very frustrating and often be a trigger. So I think yeah. we, um, one way of looking at it too is like, say, if you were to try a more extreme approach, you know, even if there was flexibility, like... um you know, more carb cycling or if carbs are present every day, if there's yeah. still components of restriction, whether mm -hmm. it's calorie counting, like you said, you were tracking, you know, the the, yes. the micro <laughs> micrograms of everything, if yeah. it, it's really easy still to get caught up in those numbers and then get over controlling, um, obsessive over numbers. Um, and yes. I find that anytime there's restrictions like that or an over control, you know, you sort of have a chokehold on the reins. Yes. Uh, there's at, at some point you are going to have to let go, and that release can be extreme and devastating, and sort of be a setback mm -hmm. at the same time. It's it's kind of like a kid who 
you know, whose parents were over controlling and, you know, yeah. kept them <laughs> too locked in the house. Those are often the mm-hmm. kids that want to rebel and do bad yes. things and get into trouble because yes. you need that flexibility. And I think there's also a lot of opportunity to learn and grow when there is that flexibility. But if you don't yeah. have that or you're not put in that situation, you'll never be able to play with that balance. Yes. And, um, <clears throat> This extreme control, at least in my case, uh, or usually results after that. You go that 180 to another direction and it's then you're out of control. You feel out of mm-hmm. control and you behave sort of out of control with food. That's definitely uh, how I felt it too. And that's exactly how you say uh, one of the reasons I have here a list of reasons <laughs> uh, why carbonite was so great for me personally uh, is exactly that there were so few rules and I was free to fill in all the gaps myself like I don't have to eat five times a day or count calories or anything and the whole um, I remember I'll never forget how uh, the first thing that for example I, I got from these podcasts was like you just eat don't count anything just eat how you feel mm-hmm. and by that, that was really revolutionary for me because I, after like 18 years of behaving from one extreme to another, I didn't trust my hunger signals, but you guys told me to. And then I had to sort of let go and, and focus on that. And I think it's a very healthy thing to do, not to calculate and not to control um, uh, in in that sense, like calories or how many times you eat or when in a day you eat. And Absolutely. It's, that's yeah. great for me. That's good. But I'm sure it took a, a huge mindset shift and oh, an awareness yeah. in your behavior to to make that shift. I'm sure it wasn't didn't happen overnight. That it probably mm-hmm. took a little bit of trial and error before you began to trust yourself and, and able to – and be able to, to A, recognize when you are hungry, if something is satisfying for you. But just like anything else that's new, it's going to take time. It's going to take trial and error. And it's going to take a lot of awareness. And yes. and I think also trust in yourself that your body's going to tell you what you need to know. And mm-hmm. it's a matter of being in tune with that. Because so many times I think our body tells us everything we need to know all the time. And 90% of us just, you know, we either never needed to have that awareness. So it wasn't something Mm -hmm. we thought about or it's something that Mm -hmm. we tuned out for so long because Mm -hmm. our other behavior was working for us in some way Mm -hmm. that we didn't, we didn't trust that, that communication that we were getting. Yes, yes, definitely. And 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 um, that's been a huge key for me, exactly like you said, to listen to myself. And I've had these uh, people around me that uh, sort of can, because you kind of, it's not like you can just quit cold turkey, you know, a, a behavior. So it, it took so many long discussions with my amazing friends and boyfriend, especially and you know, um, my family and everything to to uh, replace these ideas. Mm-hmm. For example, my boyfriend would say, like, nobody thinks that about this thing. It's only you. Like, oh, really? So it's <laughs> it's very healthy 
and and needed to have this kind of support network and and just replacing the strange thoughts with a healthier one right. so more productive I, one mm-hmm, yes mm-hmm. and and a huge huge help was these podcasts because you alex always say how just relax like pick up where you left don't you know punish yourself with a 10-day orientation and everything and this oh really i don't have to do that so it's like every time you let go a little bit more of this extreme control or punishment reward cycle and it's been really good that's good i'm glad i'm glad that me being a broken record about those things is is uh being received well because absolutely it's it sounds so simple when I say it, and that's often why I feel like I'm a broken record because it's, you know, it sounds simple. When I say it, it's it's simple, um, but it's very hard to apply. And mm-hmm. it's one thing to apply it when it comes to food, and it's another to apply it to other areas of our life that we have that chokehold on, you know, that sense mm-hmm. of control. And what I do find often is Again, I, I work primarily with women, and I think we, we have a, well, these tendencies, these issues with food relationships can obviously show up for men. Um, I, mm-hmm. It's very strong amongst women, and they often stem from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. They might not be extreme in how they show up right away, but I do find that that relationship can grow in its sense of control as we get older. Um, But it Mm -hmm. also reflects how we control other areas of our life and also lack that kind of awareness, I think, because food is so emotionally tied to how we do Mm -hmm. things, how we eat, how we feel. And who we are. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, You know, I am not ice cream. Um, no. <laughs> Sometimes I'm not like bad to when I eat ice cream. Um, but it's interesting just to see what those connections are and how they translate into other areas of our lives. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious for you when, you know, when you were still dealing with that or when you maybe perhaps when you first started going to therapy, were there other areas of your life that you felt like you were mimicking that behavior? Uh, so the behavior of controlling other mm-hmm. areas. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and and now that the main monster, this uh, eating disorder behavior, has been tamed to a level where I like I know when I'm following the old pattern pattern pattern, so I can stop it. I like recognize what I'm doing. It's not like. Uh, I go four hours on a binge and then I realize, oh, actually, maybe I wasn't hungry. Something's going on. So um, and now that all of that is is sort of gone, um, not 100 percent. I'm not sure if it'll ever be 100 percent, but definitely a huge, huge change. Uh, and uh, but now I notice that I kind of use this framework to every aspect I did to sports to work to hobbies like everything was sort of everything had to be you know like um, achievement you know it was Mm -hmm. black and white um, if you did it correctly or not so and everything everything really (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Do you feel like that has changed since you've sought help, since that's something that you've consciously worked on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have done I have done affirmations. I've read mindset book books, listened to Audible, <laughs> done done like everything I possibly can and talk to anybody who would just sort of listen or or absolutely you 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 need it's I would say a full-time job getting better but it's so worth it and you can definitely change your mindset and uh, for example the things I found for example when sometimes they say that the information stored in your brain I don't remember which part of it but sort of um, when you see something with your eyes and you form a picture in your head of what's happening actually one sixth of it is what comes what you actually see and the rest is is filled with your memories or your current knowledge or something. So when I realized something like this, there's so much in the in the brain that must be changed. Then then you know what you're kind of dealing with. Uh, like these emotions and uh, um, they were came from somewhere, so they can as well go away. You know. Absolutely. So that's important to notice. <laughs> Absolutely, I think that's a really good good important connection. Yeah. So good. And I think just I I meant to mention this earlier, and I won't spend too much time on it. But having a support system, you know, friends and family, um, significant others that understand your past, understand what you went through or currently going through and are are there along, (laughs) along for the ride, uh, you know, and all the, Mm -hmm. the, the ups and downs that may come from it. I think it's, it's just so important. And these are often conversations Mm -hmm. that I have with clients as well in before we start their journey, um, at least mm-hmm. their, their journey together and making mm-hmm. sure that they have that support system because mm-hmm. it's so important. It's so important yeah, it to is. A, be open and have that conversation about what's important to you, uh, you know, why it might be challenging and for someone to, you know, yes. call you out when you need yes. that because we can't always do that ourselves and, and even me mm-hmm. as a coach I'm not you know I'm not mm-hmm. there along you know mm-hmm. side by your side to see mm-hmm. your you know every step along the way I, I can mm-hmm. I only know what you're willing to share with me and so having mm-hmm. that support is critical and I, I often find that when a significant other is not supportive and it's you have to also be very open with them about mm-hmm. why you're doing it, what's important, why it's important to you, and the help that you might need from them. And that could mm-hmm. be as easy as, you know, they call you out when you're, they see your behavior, you know, going mm-hmm. going back to the either the old ways or if, if um, a tendency is coming up, having someone that can sort of check you um, mm-hmm. Or at least have you sit down and say, hey, what's, you know, th- I noticed you were doing this. What's going yes. on? You know, what are you dealing with right now that's yeah. being a trigger for you? And yes, that yeah. is a lot of responsibility, um, mm-hmm. I think, for a significant other or a friend, or yeah. a, you know, <laughs> yes, um, yeah. a parent even. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and while they don't have to sort of be the one that holds your hand the whole way, having mm-hmm. that support is critical. So I'm, I'm very it glad is. that you found somebody that can be that for you. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. And he's actually been following Carp Night with me all along. And he's also of the opinion that this is our lifestyle and this is how we we go on about it. And and sometimes now, sometimes if I feel like, oh, I want to eat something, you know, it comes from an emotion still, like one of the reminiscences of the old stuff. And he goes like, I, I don't really want to. Do I have to <laughs> eat those donuts? I just feel so great on this low carb you know mm-hmm. diet so it's just we we just uh, love it and <clears throat> he he's been crucial and um, like the difference on, on this whole carb night be- is because for me the whole body io community and the materials in there uh, it wasn't like a one-time sale and then i'm left alone implementing and wondering mm-hmm. why and this whole thing that uh, also Kiefer seems to be updating the information and research goes on so it's like you push out continuously new information and that that means a lot uh, in my book (laughs) good I'm glad I'm very glad I just hope to provide continue to provide more resources and more information because Mm -hmm. well just like you said it's always changing um, and there's Mm -hmm there's not one way to do something and there's a lot of mm-hmm. ways, a, a variety of ways that we can apply both the information, um, the approaches, the techniques for eating um, either this mm-hmm. way, uh, depending on what the goal is. But again, going back to the support, having that support, um, you know, whether it's being in a group on the forum and discussing, you know, struggles um, or having the podcast or listening to other people's stories, which is one of the main yes. reasons that I'm glad you're joining me on the show today because your yes. story might help somebody else. Um, yes. So let's talk a little bit about Carb Night specifically. And yes. well, first of all, how did you find Kiefer, Body.io, Carb Night. I know you mentioned that you scoured the internet for <laughs> different approaches in the past. So oh. I'm going to assume that's how you found him. But yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about that backstory? Well, yeah. So um, I was um, trying to find, like I said, sort of the perfect diet that would transcend me to my ultimate dream body and everything. And sometime, somewhere along the process, I, I realized that actually i don't want a dream body i'm what i'm actually hoping here uh, to find is just a system where i don't have to think about this anymore i can let go i don't have to obsess i don't have to be doing the research myself so that's why i was completely (laughs) hooked from my first chapter when i read carb night and i don't know exactly how i stumbled upon it but I, i i bought it and and uh uh, what was so important to me was, for example, how it became an authority, and I felt like I can trust it and 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 listen uh, to you guys uh, and just let go and follow. Was, for example, Carb Night had like 50 pages of references at the end only, and for someone who uh, wanted like a perfect diet, it was a <laughs> it was a great great uh, thing for me so I I haven't seen that on any other diets or then even worse there's some some um, young Instagram girl who claims that this and this diet just cured them and it's based on on nothing so it was uh, very how I and then when then when I went to this podcast I saw he has passion 
to do it and and wants to continuously update so i kind of that's how i kind of started to trust and and was my first take so i knew from the start like this is my my diet and here i'm saying diet in a sense of of a way a person eats regularly not necessarily a weight loss thing because for me it was a secondary goal good which i just want to mention or, or point out uh, because it's something that we talk about a lot on the show also, and that is understanding your goals and, and being okay with adjusting your goal or prioritizing your goals based off of behavior that comes up. And I think that that's very, very important, especially when somebody does hire a coach and being mm-hmm. having that open line of communication around what a goal, a starting goal should be because mm-hmm. oftentimes somebody comes to me for fat loss and after we've done sort of a, a lifestyle behavioral audit, we find that that might not be the best place for them to start. And mm-hmm. it's very helpful for me as a coach for a client to be open and receptive to making that shift in priorities from the beginning. Because when it once they're made and we can start to become aware of the behaviors, mm-hmm. generally speaking, the fat loss happens. Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that's how it happened to me as well, because, you know, just cutting out the extremities of it, just balancing things, that was huge, huge for me. Good. Did you find it challenging when you first did the actual carb nights? Did you find that those were triggers for you? Were there issues around those? Because it is something that I get asked a lot from people Mm -hmm. who have that history um, and they have that fear around it, which is obviously understandable. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I started, uh, I knew that I was totally hooked on these addictive uh, high carb, uh, good carbohydrates, uh, like... uh, (laughs) Uh, all the sodas and candy and everything and I knew that was sort of my Achilles heel so uh, the way I thought about it was if I deliberately told myself like you can eat anything as much as you want whenever you want you can stop this diet whenever you want and if you manage on a carb night just like I had to tell myself just pinch do it uh, this is how I saw it because for me, uh, how I would behave was like I'd start a crazily restrictive diet where nothing is safe. You can't, you're not allowed to drink water or certain kind of water or in combination with other foods or uh, it, it's just the, like nothing was safe. You couldn't even drink water at that point in my life uh, without feeling guilty or feeling like you're doing something wrong. And uh, way I saw it was that I can't cut uh, cold turkey how I behave. So I sort of gave myself the... Um, release that yes you do behave like this but you can maybe wait a little bit Mm -hmm. you don't have to binge right now you can do it a little bit later and uh it it sort of i don't think this diet or any other diet really uh can can make someone binge Mm -hmm. uh, per se Uh, i mean if 
you have that behavior already. It's in you. So for me, rather than five days of extreme restriction and then binging for three weeks because I couldn't hold it because I felt bad because I could not be on that crazily restrictive diet, Mm -hmm. uh, like rather than having three weeks binge or and feeling completely down i would restrict i i decided to first restrict it to just one day mm-hmm. and it was like this gradual learning and then it was i didn't honestly think i would make through the first 24 hours because you know <laughs> i had mm-hmm. i was so afraid of being without these carbs i used to eat like two kilos of 4.4 pounds of candy and that was like a snack oh you know goodness. in the beginning so it's like for me it worked the opposite so i kind of started with the mindset like i you are what you are <laughs> and work in the realm of this thing mm-hmm. and then later on when you have already been six days uh, without these things that make you totally helpless and that have like control over you if you can be just without them then you can eat so i don't know for me it worked this way it was actually firstly it wasn't sort of demonizing the behavior it was just shifting it a little bit to a healthier direction and from there um you can make better decisions in the long run so it was allowing it wasn't yeah that's that makes sense uh, and i'm sure it, it, for me it was really good uh, actually it, it kind of was gave me sort of hope because if somebody says you can't ever go to your favorite buffet ever again you you don't want to follow it but uh if you just think yeah i can go there i can do that i can eat as much as i want but it's on one day mm-hmm. of the week so it kind of gave me hope to uh, last that long and in the end you just start to become so used with the low carb days that they actually feel much better than a carb night sometimes <laughs> i can understand that do you yeah. feel like over time that it became easier to make decisions on your carb night about what you wanted and how much you wanted like where i'm sure you know just like i have moments where my carb nights are um you know substantially larger or more all over the place than like a structured carb night um and that often has a lot to do with the other things that are going on in my life as well um do you feel like that was something that also came in waves um yeah were there times that you were surprised that you were like oh i don't really want any of these things but i'm gonna have them because it's time to did that shift yeah i'm i'm sort of in that yes Actually, I'm sort of up reaching that state now, and when the carb night comes, it's um, not, it's not like I've been <laughs> drooling over it for five days <laughs> before it comes, and then oh, finally freedom. I mean, it was like that in the beginning, maybe, but now it's just a normal um, how I behave, and I feel every time, every week, every month, every I've been on this now for two years on this carb night i feel it becomes more more of a moderation all the time naturally okay. mm, just because of this cycle sort of 
now of the having a day of this and other days not so it you become used to and it i don't want to go to the extremes anymore because well firstly it it you you know you eat so much at once it hurts <laughs> you know and it's just all the time getting more moderate and and less something and this elimination dieting on this carbonite has been so so useful for me because for example i found out that when you limit the carbohydrates for x amount of time you can sort of and when you have the carbonite you can introduce some foods and see how you react to them Mm -hmm. so i actually don't eat wheat anymore white wheat uh, but that's the only thing i don't restrict anymore and it's only because i was able to listen to myself and and when you sort of go all out on white weeds on one day you see the effect of it so Mm -hmm. yeah so it's educating it's learning about yourself and and just yeah (laughs) building up a, a whole you know, new set of knowledge around your body, yes. what its needs are, both on a yes. physical level, but also mm-hmm. I think on an emotional level, because I mean, yes, it's it. And what is moderation? What is yes. it? You know, I don't know. Is it is it that it's what this thing twice a week or once a week or once a month? Or what does moderation mean? So it's it's learning learning that too. Yeah, I think that's a tricky one, too, for a lot of people, moderation, because mm-hmm. it's, well, I think it goes back to knowing your body, having that awareness, and mm-hmm. making that connection between what are my body's needs versus, yes. you know, I don't actually need this much food. Mm-hmm. Because moderation can often look like, well, you know, a, another sense of control, you know, whether you're counting something and you know, incorporating mm-hmm. something in small doses. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I played with that early on in my carb night journey, I would say more around the sweet side of things. Uh, you know, I, yes. I experimented with introducing sweet, low carb options that sort of mm-hmm. still fit within the guidelines, but that gave me that mm-hmm. little fix when I needed it, you know, that moderation of having a little mm-hmm. bit of sweet during the week. And I think mm-hmm. as I became more aware of my needs and my desire to have the sweet on the mm-hmm. low carb days, I needed them less. You know, yes. I realized that that moderation actually wasn't necessary because I started to make that connection around why do I want the sweet? You know, why am I craving it? Am I feeling depleted yes. in an emotional way, in a physical way? You know, what what is my body trying to tell me or what is my mind trying to tell me? And that was an interesting conversation yes. to have with myself. Um, and just like you said also, you know, over time, you know, my mm-hmm. first my first year of carb night was my carb nights were wildly <laughs> out of control. Um, <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> wildly out of control. But I had also come from a very restrictive eating approach before yes. that and sort of having that green light that mm-hmm. said, have these things. I said, okay, let's, it's a party. Let's bring it on. Like, how much can I fit <laughs> in? And I think as I really paid attention to, you know, First, I, I I did allow myself to have be completely overboard and have it be okay, yes. and I justified it with yeah. the fact that you know I had been good for so long, and this is my yes. night, and I need it. Exactly. Uh, 
you know, and it and it it took a few very specific situations for me to really realize, like check myself and realize what was going on and why mm-hmm. I was justifying, you know, the the quantity of carbs I was having and mm-hmm. the way that I was eating them with little to no awareness around it. Mm-hmm. It was literally just objective was get the food in my mouth. Um, I have this amount of time to do it. So how much can we get in? Yes. Whether my body was telling me to stop or not. And 90% of the time I was in way over my head. Um, mm-hmm. But I think every time I allowed that, it did bring more awareness around, hold on, we don't need this. This is completely absurd. We're uncomfortable. Maybe we should stop. Um, but it that did, that took, I would say, about a year of me into Carb Night. And again, coming mm-hmm. from that restrictiveness and finding mm-hmm. that balance between moderation, both on, both on yes. the low-carb days and the Carb Nights. Because I will say that I did take advantage of not counting things on low-carb days as well. And I'm not sure if that, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that also for, for yourself in not feeling mm-hmm. like you needed to count and having that awareness of what your body's needs are versus well, it's low carb, I can still eat as much as I possibly can. Yes. I I, I think that I, I did that too in the beginning. However, like how can you find the balance if you never go overboard, exactly. but you're always eating little, too little, sort of. I think you kind of, to find out what is balance for you, it's kind of healthy to go overboard for ex you know, sometimes, because then, you know, okay, this is too much. Well, I don't really feel good. So let's like go back a little bit. Next time I'll eat a little bit less. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a crucial component of that to sometimes enjoy a little bit too much. (laughs) Exactly. And and like you mentioned earlier and how you discovered the, you know, your sensitivity to wheat, and that is being Mm -hmm. aware of what you're having on those nights, not just the amounts, but what you're having and being open to experimenting in those ways as well. So that, again, you're Mm -hmm. just gathering, excuse me, more information and more tools around what's best for you in Mm -hmm. any given scenario to achieve any given goal. Whether yes, it's yes. getting my mind wrapped around things, um, being mm-hmm. aware of my emotional connection, or just, you know, trimming down and wanting to fit into like an old pair of jeans. Yes, yes. Or just like for me, one of the big goals was to just th- not think about food, like right. just to develop a rhythm, something that I know, um, you know, um, that. I don't have to think about this. I don't have to all the time. It was like a <laughs> few hours before I ate something and started to be like, okay, what are we going to eat? How is What are we eating? How much? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, there was so uh, clear, um, like, you know, on basically this diet just in, in all its simplicity is just like on some days you eat less carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. That's, basically the whole <laughs> idea of it and and you can and in at that point it comes truly a lifestyle when you have the freedom and the flexibility to do and and find your moderation and your way of doing things and in the long run for me this restricting these addictive good carbs was very very helpful because i felt like i'm going from this sugar high to mm-hmm. crashing without sugar and Every decision was based on like emotion and not some sense, sensible choice. Like maybe this would be 
Like, whereas if I eat a more fat-based food, I have energy throughout the day. It's uh, and it's like static uh, throughout the day. It doesn't go zigzag up and down mm-hmm. all the time. And in the long run, when you don't have these kind of um, <clears throat> sort of emotional decisions about food, you can do more educated ones and choose a little bit wiser and it becomes a habit in the long run and 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 you know that's what really really helped me so much and because you know when you have these emotions to eat or binge or not then those are like really spontaneous Mm -hmm. so going back to this thing that um when you asked about this uh that if one carb night is so big and it makes you binge i still think it's much better to have sort of or for me it was a good thing that it was sort of on my calendar so i had to restrict um have to uh, not follow these spontaneous now we eat so Mm -hmm. it forced me to think why do i want to really eat so much because you can eat those things but just not right now (laughs) so why what is so that helped me that makes sense makes sense (laughs) yes it definitely does and i think that there's a lot of ways that you can apply that to your life and for your goals um you know whether it's around food or not if there are other other areas of your life where you have that sense of control, you know, being able to look mm-hmm. in that and be open to see why you have that sense of control, how it's working for you, how it's not working for you. Um, again, it just mm-hmm. comes back to awareness and being able to apply that to various, various um, aspects of your life. Yes, Definitely. exactly. Uh, and and this is so customizable, you know, I love it. I can have my carbs when I want and, and the rest of the time I, I know what I'm doing and eating and I'm relaxed and I get to eat the things I love every day. And so for me, uh, I it's been so great. <laughs> and having you and everybody there supporting me through Body IO, it's been great. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know talking about these types of things isn't always easy or comfortable. Um, so I really appreciate you being open to sharing. And I'm hoping that it does help somebody else out there who might be listening or curious about carbonate, but perhaps they've had some of these behaviors in the past. And maybe it's something that they're currently dealing with, um, you know, it can work for for a lot of people and if I think it's a matter of just being ready to test something like that out because it is a testing period there's going to be lots of levels of trial and error and experimenting and being open to seeing what comes up through that experimentation through that trial and error I think is really important so thank you again for sharing your story Thank you so much for having me here. I Mm. hope it was helpful. (laughs) It was for me, very insightful, very much so. And it it helps me be able to better help other people as well. Uh, And again, everyone's situation and story is unique. And what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for somebody else. But Mm -hmm. understanding and hearing other people's journeys uh, can definitely be helpful. And I hope that you know, there, there might be other listeners out there who have had similar or, or different journeys, um, but have found success through, through their journeys and 
gathering the tools that they need to help them along their way. And if, if anybody else is has a story that they're willing and comfortable to share with the community, um, we'd love to hear from you. So feel free to, mm-hmm. to email us if that's something that another listener would be open to sharing or if you have any questions about what we talked about today if there's areas of today's conversation that you would like more discussion on uh, please feel free to let us know I love comments from you guys and uh, we'll wrap things up there so thank you again Jenny for joining us I really appreciate it and thank you for having me welcome Um, I look forward to, to getting updates from you down the road so We'll have, to, we'll have to chime back in. Sure. <laughs> and thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro. And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.